Columbia, Houston, UHF comm check. Columbia, Houston, UHF comm check. Columbia, Houston, comm check. Good morning to the red team. Perfectly timed with the flyover of Israel for Ilan, that was Shalom Lach Eretz Nehideretz. Good morning, Stephanie. It was wonderful to hear your voice in Hebrew, and it was the perfect timing while we flew uh, over Israel to hear this song, which uh, actually says, uh, say, uh, I've been to uh, the North uh, Pole and to everywhere, but there's no place better than Israel. And uh, I would like to take this opportunity that there is no commander better than our commander, Rick, who is always uh, talking about others and appreciate others. And I would like to, uh, to appreciate him this morning and his family. He took care so nice of the mission and of us, and in the meantime, took care so nice of his family and our families. So thank you very much, Rick. And Columbia Lawn, we copy. Rick and, in fact, all of the crew members are just wonderful. You're all very near and dear to our hearts. Good morning to all. Columbia continuing toward Florida, now approaching the New Mexico-Texas border. Altitude, 40 miles. Speed, 13,200 miles per hour. And Columbia, Houston, we see your tire pressure messages, and we did not copy your last. Roger. Uh, on the left side of the vehicle, uh, hydraulic return temperatures. Columbia, Houston, UHF comm check. Four hide return temps. To the left outboard, left inboard elevator. Okay, is there anything common to them, DSC or MBM or anything? 
Columbia. Houston, UHF, com check. There are all four of them are located in the uh, aft part of the left wing, right in front of the Elevons. Elevon actuators. And there okay. is no commonality. No commonality. And flight ECOM? ECOM. I've got four temperature sensors on the bottom line data that are off scale low. Okay, I got you. Columbia, Houston, UHF comm check. Fido, do you have any tracking? No, sir. Columbia, Houston, UHF comm check. Columbia, Houston, comm check. What might possibly link a scroll written on goatskin found in the Judean mountains 2,000 years after its composition with an astronaut whose space shuttle disintegrated during its return to Earth? This is a fascinating story that links the first century with the 21st century. And it involves ancient beliefs, archaeology, forensic science, and despite tragedy, much mazal, which means both good fortune and stars. Ilan Ramon was an Israeli fighter pilot and later the first and so far the only Israeli astronaut. He was a space shuttle payload specialist on STS-107 the fatal mission of Columbia, in which he and six other crew members were killed in the re-entry accident. Although a scientist and a pilot focused on outer space, he had a very deep sense of history. His mother and grandmother were survivors of Auschwitz, and he brought into space a microfiche of the entire Bible. Ramon once wrote of his desire to write a book moving from the past to the present and the present backwards. And this story is about that. But let me first tell you about the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were discovered between 1946 and 1956 by Bedouin shepherds and later by archaeologists. The scrolls and the scroll fragments were recovered in the environment of the Qumran area near the Dead Sea. They represent a library of Jewish documents dating from the 3rd century BCE to 68 CE. So it covers about 250 years. And this discovery was the greatest manuscript find of the 20th century. The scrolls offer insight into the centuries that were pivotal to both Judaism and Christianity. I called it a library, and it contains some of the books of the Bible or other works in a large number of manuscripts, but some of them are only scraps of parchment. There are actually tens of thousands of scroll fragments, and they are written in three different languages, Hebrew, 
Aramaic and Greek, and opening a scroll is a slow process with great care not to hurry the effort. In May 2019, the Israel Museum in Jerusalem opened a small exhibit entitled Through Space and Time. It featured the diary of Ilan Ramon and what is called the Enoch Scroll from the Dead Sea Qumran community. The exhibit was linking an ancient quest for transcendence with contemporary efforts to reach beyond our planet. What led curators to link the remains of this space diary to the fragments of the Enoch Scroll? which was copied sometime between 200 and 150 before the Common Era, one of the oldest textual treasures of Judaism. Let me take you back to the Bible and to the book of Genesis in chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, we're told that Hanoch, Enoch in English, the great-grandfather of Noah, lived less than others who were described in the period before the flood. The Torah says, Enoch walked with God, then he was no more, for God took him. Because no death was recorded in the Torah, later generations speculated about what happened to Enoch. And they wrote three different books of Enoch, none of which are included in the traditional canon of the Bible, but all of them describe Enoch's ascent and journey through the different levels of the heavens. Enoch came to be understood and seen as an exemplar of a particular type of mysticism called Merkaba, or transportation mysticism. He might be imagined as if he were a space traveler which is why the curator thought of pairing the remnant from Qumran with the space diary of Ramon. Each describes a journey through the cosmos, one at the dawn of history, another in the modern era. The two texts are also fragments, survivors of time and survivors of very harsh environments. The remnants of the Enoch Scroll, which were exhibited not long ago at the Library of Congress, were hidden in a Judean cave for almost 2,000 years until their discovery in the middle of the 20th century. The pages of Ilan Ramon's space diary were discovered in a Texas field two months after the Columbia Space Shuttle tragedy, having survived both the re-entry explosion and exposure to extensive sun and rain. Both the Enoch Scroll and the Ramon Diary were found with the text barely visible. Special techniques were used to stabilize the scroll and to reconstruct the writing. Extraordinary measures were taken to prevent deterioration of the pages of the diary and to decipher their meaning. According to the curators of the exhibit, the greatest similarity lies in the tone of these two astronauts who were equally amazed by the sights they beheld and by the profound privilege of witnessing them. 
in the book of Enoch, we see Enoch saying, so I alone saw the vision of the end of everything and no human beings will see as I have seen. Thousands of years later, Ilan Ramon spoke from space and said, this view is something that only a very few get to experience. Although Enoch was believed to have returned from his heavenly journeys and to have documented his experiences, Ilan Ramon did not. He and six other astronauts, Rick Husband, William McCool, Michael Anderson, Kalpana Shaula, David Brown, and Laurel Clark, perished when their spacecraft, on its way back to Earth, caught fire and crashed on February 1, 2003, on the Jewish calendar, the 29th day of Shavat. 10, 9, 8, Seven, we have a go for main engine start. Five, three, two, one. We have booster ignition and liftoff of Space Shuttle Columbia with a multitude of national and international space research experiments. Somehow the Ramon diary survived the disintegration of Columbia. It survived a 38-mile fall to Earth and it survived two months of exposure to the weather in a field in San Augustine County, Texas. Wikipedia says it fell in Palestine, Texas, but that's not really the case. When it was found and turned over to NASA, the investigation team suspected that it was Elon's diary, but they couldn't be sure. They turned the remnants of the cardboard-bound notebook over to a Canadian astronaut, Steve McLean, and he brought it to Rona Ramon, Ilan's widow. After confirming their authenticity, she then turned over the notebook or the scraps to Israeli authorities, and the Israeli Air Force called upon a forensics team of the National Police to help analyze the documents. I was in the Israel Museum with the paper conservation expert, Michael Magen of the museum, and Sharon Brown, the forensics expert of the Israel police, as they explained the process of their work to representatives of the surviving Columbia families. They had come on a special visit for the opening of the new airport, named in memory of Ilan Ramon and his son Asaf, and to see this exhibit. The first task of the experts of the Israel Museum was to ensure that the papers were stabilized and decontaminated so that they would suffer no further damage. Pages handwritten in Hebrew were recovered. Six were technical notes made before launch. Eight were personal notes written before liftoff. Eight sheets were a diary written during the flight. That diary written with an astronaut pen, a felt-tip pen, and in pencil, covers only the first six days of the 16-day mission. We don't know, said one of the curators whether other pages were destroyed. On some pages, the writing was washed out. Some sheets were partially shredded with tiny irregular holes. Some pieces were crumbled into fingernail-sized balls. Other pages were stuck together and had to be delicately separated. As the forensics expert Sharon Brown commented, there is no rational explanation 
for how it was recovered. Scientists used computer image enhancement technology and infrared light to read the charred and scattered pages and piece some of them together like jigsaw puzzles, just the way the Qumran fragments are sometimes pieced together. Unfortunately, not everything could be deciphered. Ramon saw himself as an emissary of Zionism and the Jewish people. In anticipation of the mission, he once spoke in my Toronto congregation, Beth Zedek, about his hopes for the journey into space. I don't really know if he was a Trekkie, but every astronaut is allowed to take some personal mementos into space. Along with some specific Israeli material, Ramon brought with him a cup for drinking wine at the start of the Sabbath. And one document had some partially preserved words of the Sabbath Kiddush, the blessing over wine. The Torah states, you shall observe my Sabbaths, which would be accomplished with those sacred words. The biblical verse continues, and you shall revere my sanctuary, which would now be transformed from a ritual center 5,000, 4,000, 3,000 years ago in the wilderness of Sinai and in Jerusalem into the sanctity and holiness of earth as seen from space. The astronaut families were astonished at the next page we were shown. It had only three Hebrew words, B'nai Yisrael, which means the children of Israel, and Hayam, the sea. Despite her own hesitancy, the forensic specialist eventually approached Rona Ramon to help understand what it might mean. She told us that mission dates are set long in advance. The Columbia mission had been scrubbed 13 times. A new date had been selected, January 16, 2003. While planning for the bar mitzvah of one of their sons, Tal, Ilan and Rona went to a synagogue in Houston. They were discussing the new assigned date of the mission, and they decided to look up the Torah portion that would be read on the Shabbat that Ilan would be in space. It talked of the exodus of the children of Israel from slavery in Egypt to freedom, including the crossing of the Sea of Reeds, the Yam Suf, and it contained the words, the children of Israel went through the sea on dry ground, with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Rona said, this seemed to be a sign for them. This verse would become the basis of his planned comments about the mission. The child of a Holocaust survivor, Ramon would represent those who lived and planned to take into space remnants from what one writer called Planet Auschwitz. He also took a Torah scroll that had survived the Holocaust and a drawing done by a teenager killed in one of the death camps. As if acting out the exodus, he would cross the sea of space into an unchartered wilderness. Ilan and Rona were convinced that the mission would go forward on that date as planned. When the curator told us all of this, two of the guests Wives of deceased astronauts began to weep. They were believing Christians who study Bible together every week 
and they had spent the lunch hour with me asking questions about Judaism and the Bible. The story of the crossing of the Sea of Reeds was important to all of us. The Bible was a master narrative that had ways of speaking to us and for us through space and time. To thank the paper conservator and the forensic expert, our host from Toronto presented them a set of first-issue stamps minted to mark the mission of the Columbia, and on it was a verse from the Bible. One of the visitors began to cry again. Later she explained that she and her husband had studied this verse the night before the flight, and from space he had repeated to her this sentence from the book of Joshua. In the memorial service for her husband, the minister, not even knowing this, had quoted the same words. And now those ancient words were speaking to her again. Chazak ve'amatz. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Whatever challenges lie before us, wherever our space travel or our personal journeys take us, ancient and sacred words reverberate through time and space. Hail the Dark Master. To remind us always, be strong and courageous. This is Captain Hernandez. Request permission to depart. You're cleared for departure. Smooth sailing, Columbia. Thank you. Lieutenant, aft thrusters at one half until we clear space dock. Then take us to warp. They used to say a man could fly, he'd have wings. But he did fly. He discovered he had to. That was the voice of Rav Baruch Friedman Cole, who recently retired after 26 years as the leader of Beth Zedek Congregation in Toronto and now serves as Rabbi Emeritus. Rav Baruch is the co-chair of the Canadian Rabbinic Caucus and a senior fellow at the Shalom Hartman Institute. This essay was based on a Devar Torah that he delivered in 2018 and subsequently published in the Times of Israel. Our episode is being released on the 29th of Shvat, 5781, on the Yeret site of Ilan Ramon and the 18th anniversary of the Columbia disaster. Today's music was Undercover Vampire by Chris Zabriskie, used under Creative Commons, The Golden Present by Jesse Gallagher, and Shalom Lacheretz Nehederet by Yoram Gaon, which in turn was based on City of New Orleans by Steve Goodman and popularized by Arlo Guthrie. Other sound was obtained from NASA Joint Flight Command, NASA TV, and the Star Trek episodes Divergence and Return to Tomorrow. Hebrew School Homework We're back with a regular episode next month, looking at Season 3 of Star Trek Discovery, and in particular, the episodes The Hope That Is You Part 1, Forget Me Not, and Unification 3. Thank you for listening to Star Trek and the Jews. As always, you can reach us on Twitter at StarJews, or by emailing StarTrekAndTheJews at gmail.com. Be well, everyone.